You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I'm joined once again by my former, as always, my co-host. What you got for me, Josh Dak? What's up, man? How we doing? I'm I'm hungry. I'm literally like in the fridge right now, trying to find what <laughs> we have left over and seeing if I have something that maybe I can just like heat up real quick because your boy is hungry. You have birds in your house. I do have birds in my house. I gotta, okay. I gotta shut them up. I don't yeah, know. My how mom's. How many I, birds do you? It sounds like you're just in a forest of just. Yeah, birds. I'm, I'm actually. I'm actually doing this from the zoo. Like I'm just in the bird cage at the zoo. Just. I went to the. Out. I yeah. went to the Dallas Zoo before I left. Before I moved away. See, that's the thing. Dallas Zoo. It's not. I mean, the Fort Worth Zoo. If you're gonna talk about DFW Ooh, zoos, yeah, the Fort Worth Zoo is. One. It is way better than the Dallas Zoo. I mean, we, no, no hate, no. I mean. Don't want to like trash the Dallas Zoo because Dallas is a great city and it really does a lot of things well. But if we're just talking like experience, I mean, forward Zoo is the way to go. Wow, wow, that's fire! That's almost as fire as those tweets that are going off in the background behind you. Yeah, yeah, tweets, <laughs> literal, literal, just like. <laughs> actual birds all right what we're getting to today is we're getting to some of your questions we're going to talk about mark cuban's birthday because we didn't get to that uh that was yes. pretty fun this past weekend so we'll talk about that we'll talk about the antenna bros we'll talk about some of your questions uh some more free agency questions uh got some questions about alley-oops that the mavericks will have this year and partners in alley-oops and then uh just some more stuff from from off season and everything like that so that's what we're going to get to today uh, uh I almost called you Isaac. Josh Dak. Yes. Mark Cuban's, be, bir- Mark Cuban's birthday. Been... It was it was very lit. I wish I, have... I wish I wish my invite would not have gotten lost in the mail. Okay, got it. So that is that is what happened. Okay. Just <laughs> wanted to make sure now that you you are the Mavs credentialed writer, so I, I know you you and Mark are, are such good buddies. But meaning I meaning I never would have been invited ever. I have <laughs> I hope at some point in my life that something goes right enough that <laughs> I can have a party that even can hold a match to what it looked. I mean, it just looked like a great party. And I mean, we saw, I saw from, I think your Twitter this morning that you had posted a video of JJ's, uh, JJ's Instagram story and what, I mean, it looked like was going on on stage and, you know, of course, of course, Dirk just being being the jokester that he is called, you know, told Mark, hey, Mark, happy 70th birthday, except it was, you know, his 60th, 60th birthday. Yeah. And he's he is not that close to death yet. But <laughs> He's getting there. He's he getting, is getting there. I didn't d- realize he I didn't realize he was already 60. He I know that's so wild. So youthful. He so just youthful. seems like he'll be 50 forever. You know, I guess some people are 21 again. Uh no, isn't it seventeen again? The 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 Zac Efron movie. It's a good movie. That's that is a that is a underrated film. Matthew Perry. Oh yeah, Leslie yeah. Mann. Oh, Leslie yeah. Mann's in that movie. She's know. good. 
She is good. Judd Judd Apatow's wife. So you got you got a look. If you haven't seen the video, go ahead and go to my Twitter at Nick Van Exit or just go to JJ. I don't know how long JJ Bray is uh, Instagram, but it's probably gone by now that we're posting this podcast. But go watch the video. It'll make your heart swoon for the Mavericks uh, again. And the most interesting thing about that video was that Wes Matthews was like so like entrenched in all of that and like having fun right. with Dirk, with JJ, with. Uh, who else is up? The Harrison Barnes with Cuban right there. Like he is, don't, he is part of the for, he's part of the vet crew. Don't forget about our guy Maxi Cleaver. He was Maxi was there as well. Maxi yeah, was there. Up there. Tag I along. Was, I don't want to say I was surprised, but when he came up, it was like just a hey, what's up, man? I didn't know you'd be here. Like yeah, yeah. I mean, especially after the amount of trade speculation, you never know how somebody's going to how that may like affect a team player relationship. But it seems like Wesley Matthews has done so much for this Dallas community. And it's been a mutual like embrace that how he has embraced this Dallas community. I think the Dallas community has embraced Wes. And I know that there was so much expectation on Wes, you know, coming off the injury, coming off the AC or the Achilles injury and, you know, he, he wasn't the same kind of explosive 3 and D guy, but, you know, it just seems like solid vets do so well in Dallas. And somebody who I was kind of surprised not to see there, the newest Dallas Maverick, <laughs> Dallas Maverick again, Devin Harris. Yeah, yeah, the newest, that's the, the worst kept secret in Dallas Mavericks history. <laughs> yeah, literally last year when we traded him for Dougie, like, it was... I think the only thing that came out of my mouth was like, okay, we'll see it. We'll see you when training camp starts. It's fun. Or like this off season when things were, you know, they were doing just like media stuff. Like Devin Harris was at like media events, like on a panel. I was like, what are you doing here? You don't even play here anymore. No, he was at but, a, he was at a draft party for the paper. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like he talk about a Dallas Maverick for life. That's the type of guy who, definitely when he finally decides to hang it up like he he's got to have some type of job waiting for him within the organization it just makes too much sense it does make too much sense you're completely right about that um but he's back uh so now that guard rotation is starting to look really good (laughs) i mean it is really rounding into form devin harris is the exact guy now i know people are saying like rodney hood and all you know a bunch of other these younger ish sort of guys that could turn into something. But right now, like you have your backcourt of the future, really. <laughs> and mm-hmm. or at least your, you know, your ball handlers of the of the future. You want some guys that, that don't need the ball as much and can beat that that veteran presence. You want as many of those guys as you can because that just it, it helps your team so much. Yeah, I mean as, as if your veterans can, you know, really shepherd and teach your young guys uh, you know, just to be unselfish with the basketball. I, you know, I think that is, that is such a good tool to have is learning how to play off ball. And I think that is something that Devin Harris has really transitioned well in his career. I mean, starting out as a point guard and being just like a pretty fiery, young athletic point guard, and then transitioning well into a game where he's accepted that, that backup two guard well like and he's done well and still kind of created a, a niche and is scoring about 10 points a game still at this point in his career and so that, i mean that's impressive that's it's good to see um you know what inter- you know what's underrated about the devin harris deal what's that so the mavericks 
they get Doug McDermott in it, and they lose him, obviously, to an Indiana team that paid him way too much money way too fast. <laughs> yeah, literally before free agency opened. And then, but they also got that second-round pick back. And so the Mavericks get a second second round pick. Then they take that second round pick and turn it into two second round picks. And uh, so Shake Milton was taken with the pick the Mavericks had. He yes. he ends up going to the Sixers, I believe. He does. He goes to Philadelphia on a two way. And then uh, the two picks end up being Ray Spalding, who's uh, honestly going to make the roster. <laughs> that is, the, I mean, Isaac has. Turn, I mean, he has turned me on to race falling. Like that <laughs> he is. He knew about him before the draft. Yeah, he I, absolutely. And I, I mean, talk about that was actually a really neat little phone interview, or just kind of the the reading of uh, you know that interview that Isaac had with race falling. Yeah. He just seems like a pretty quiet guy who's really the only focus is him getting better and working on his game. Like that's, I mean, that's that's a great thing to see as well as. I mean, might as well take a flyer on Costas. I mean, Heck why yeah. not? Right? Why not? One I mean, of the it's... one of the Swole bros. Yeah, so many names. So many. <laughs> so names. many. Yeah. And he he was fun in summer league as well. I think that. Yeah. I think there's. I I just think there's a lot of intrigue. What do you think that? What do you think that his future is? Like I, position a, in the NBA. That's a great question, and I will answer it after the break. All right, Dak, before the break, you asked me what I think the future for Kostas Antetokounmpo is. That's a great question. Uh, yes, I need to know. He's definitely a five. <laughs> I mean, I don't, really? I, don't think he, I don't think he can play anything else, really. No, what? at least really? just, But at least just from Summer League. I, we don't know what he could turn into. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we've seen his brother, obviously, and you can't – you can only really compare him to his brother with, like – size <laughs> you know and we know he's gonna be able to bulk up he's already kind of bulked up he's a lot more bulked up than his brother was coming in at the same age i mean he's yeah i mean he's gonna I mean, be 21 Kost- in november so you have to think Giannis like year two or three i think it was year two for Giannis when he was about 21 yeah and i think the interesting thing when you look at kostas's physique he's still thin <laughs> but he's not he doesn't look like he would get pushed around and maybe that's the way that i'd put it just because i mean the muscle mass is there and the frame is there to build out yeah i mean but he's just still so young he's still so young and i think it's interesting that you say the five would you say and this is just i mean within how i've seen it work within the dallas system would you say possibly like a future of how dwight powell plays the five yeah i mean you you could see him play that kind of role for sure uh, he's but he's got better shot blocking instincts, I think, than than Dwight Powell has yeah. or will have. Um, but you, you talk about like he he's got the muscle mass, you know, already a little bit more. You see that? I mean that that uh, Antenza Kupo Bros workout photo, and I posted it with you know a joke or something, and then all the comments are like, "Look at his legs! Look at his legs! Look at his legs!" And Kostas's legs are still like. Tiny, tiny, skinny, and that's where you get pushed around in the paint. It's not. Sure. It's not about your arms necessarily. It's about how you can get that leverage and how you can position yourself. You know, with, with that that lower leg strength. So I think that's where he's going to have an issue. But the dude's already, I mean, built in the shoulders and arms and you know all that kind of stuff. Hashtag muscle watch. 
And I am totally okay with taking that with the last pick in the draft as opposed yeah. to Heck a yeah. guy who I I loved going into the draft process. And we're talking about uh, one Mo Bamba who also struggles with that same physique issue. Somebody who has yeah. limitless potential. I mean, incredibly long. Has the upper body that you could see like, yeah, he could grow into that. But if you look at his lower half, like it's it's he's gonna have to put in some major work if he wants to compete on a night-to-night basis because if you're going up against legit centers and legit fives you even saw it with deandre ayton like deandre ayton ate his lunch in the summer league like he just i mean he pushed mo around yeah, yeah. That, that, these bigs, you have to you wait a little while for some of these bigs, especially the defensive ones. The offensive ones, those that can kind of come a little bit earlier, like the eight and you just mentioned, Carl uh, Anthony Towns. We saw that super quick. Him just you know jump into the league and already be able to play. Um, but the defensive guys, it takes a little while to catch up to the speed of the game to figure out the angles and all that kind of stuff to figure out how to to you know to be that back line of the defense it takes a little while for them to figure out but yeah. uh, I, I thought it was interesting with with costas that they they gave him the two-way i just i honestly thought that they did that because he's gonna spend probably the majority of his time maybe even more than motley did la- this past year all right with the with the legends uh, he's going to spend most of that time. But I think they did it so that no one else could take him because these two-way contracts or what Larry Kuhn calls the Yogi contracts are just so that a team can't come and poach your guy. And the, the Mavericks G- have, from the the Mavericks have, they've shown, I mean, they've shown a knack to be able to take guys who are moldable clay and your late round picks or your undrafted guys and turn them into role players. Like, Yogi Ferrell doesn't get the contract in Sacramento if he doesn't come to Dallas. Like, I know that I, I know that Yogi, I mean, he put in the work himself and I mean, yeah. he worked his way up to that. But I think the Dallas system helped him a lot. And having a coach like Rick Carlisle, like it was a great fit. It was a great for, fit for him being an undrafted rookie to being second team all rookie. And now he's getting a second contract in the league that, I mean, good for him. Good for him for securing the bag. Like, I'm not, I know that there were some people initially that were really upset about him changing his mind. But where was his role on this team? I mean, being a backup too, like, I don't think as in Yogi Ferrell's (laughs) defense, like, I just don't think that's something that would be super desirable. Like, I know he, he likes it here. And he likes it in Dallas, but I'm not bothered for him going out to do what's best for Yogi. Yeah, you know imagine I mean? imagine you sit down at the negotiation table and they're like, all right, we can promise you this. You will definitely be the second one to come off the bench outside of your position. <laughs> you yeah, know, like, you, we will you definitely will play definitely, you out of position. <laughs> you will definitely possibly get playing time. Maybe. Out of playing out of position, (laughs) yeah, maybe. If Jalen Brunson doesn't do what we think he's going to do, so yeah, yeah, so that'll be that. It'll it'll be interesting for sure. But I just thought that 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 Costas whole situation was interesting. They gave him a two way. Um, All right, let's. uh, We talked about DeAndre a little bit, but here's a question uh, coming in from one of our listeners, uh, Connor Nunn. He says, "Connor." He says. 
Over-under on the Mavs leading the league in alley-oops this season. I don't know what he wants us to give an over-under on. I don't know if he wants us to say how many alley-oops. But what do you think about this whole thing, uh, alley-oops for the Mavericks? Like, who is receiving these? Who do you think is going to throw the most? Who's accepting them? How do you feel about it? Mm, Okay, so two factors that will – I feel like a good question over-under – I don't think they lead the league in alley-oops, but what will help is the addition. I mean, not only the addition of DeAndre Ayton, but the addition of Luka Doncic. Somebody who DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, sorry. My bad. DeAndre Jordan. So the, like, wow, the we got Luka of, and Ayton. Yeah, oh my <laughs> gosh. We're in, we're in such good shape. Um, so the addition of DeAndre Jordan, but bringing Luka Doncic to Dallas, like being a facilitator in this offense, allowing – Dennis Dennis Smith Jr. looked uncomfortable a lot of times playing that off-ball guard. Like, yeah. he just looked – it looked like it was very unnatural for him. But what you're going to see in transition this year is there's going to be more than one ball handler on the floor at a time, which opens up space for more alley-oops. So, yes, definitely more alley-oops than last year. But, no, I don't think that the Mavericks lead the NBA – yeah, and that's where I would go with that. Yeah, it's a hard one. I mean, DeAndre Jordan, obviously. Dwight Powell, obviously, receiving. Uh, Ray Spaulding probably is going to receive some. And then Dennis received the first one of the year last year. <laughs> yeah, I was at that game. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be the best year ever. And then Dennis Schroeder, like, <laughs> dropped 28 and tore up my dreams. And that's where we saw <laughs> that's where we saw John Collins for the first time. Mm. Like, holy crud, where did he come from? That's besides true. Wake, besides Wake Forest. That is true. Uh, throwing them, JJ Brea. Hopefully, he can he can hone it in a little bit. He uh, he always seems to throw them over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I that's mean, just one of those eye test things that I always see and frustrating. Man, that's one of those things I should have asked him. Like the one time, so I had an opportunity to interview JJ Brea um, through through the station I work for for one hundred five through the fan. Um, that's something I should have asked. No, that would actually been like. <laughs> Just ask him, JJ. So, is it a depth perception thing, or why can't you throw oops? <laughs> yeah, like, you need to you need that? to redo your contact, your subscription, or your contact. Yeah, yeah or... I mean, is that will you will somebody else be be teaching Sebastian how to throw oops? Because clearly, that's not something you can do. <laughs> uh, but he'll be throwing a bunch. You have Devin Harris still. Jalen Brunson, I think, will will also. Yeah, sure. I sure. feel like he'll get in, get on some of the action, and then, and, and then I, obviously Luca. <laughs> I mean, the best yes. passer on the team now, probably. Of course. I, at first, I thought you meant Luca on the receiving end, and I was like, okay, Nick, I know you're high on him, but let's. <laughs> I mean, let's if temper- he's legit six nine, six, you know, six eight, like Dirk said. Yeah, six six ten with a ratchet. <laughs> hey, we're now we're now gonna be two years removed from that. Yeah, six ten with the jump shot. No, it's. As well, I mean, who know? I it seemed like I don't know if Maxi Kleber is like the type of rim runner that you want, but he's I mean he's sneaky athletic. He's more athletic than I I would have expected coming into last year. Like he, he moves he moves around well. I don't know how many oops he's going to be receiving, but maybe a couple. He'd add, he'd add to the add to the number. We need a Dirk alley up this year. Sure, yeah, one. Just go for one. it. Just one. Just give us one. Okay, over under. One and a half oops for Dirk. Not okay. Not oops. Just straight up dunks. <laughs> uh, over, over. He has over. 
two dunks this year. Yeah, so you're going again to any. I think he had two the year before that too. Like yeah, one of this them was, was in Mexico City or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe in the if he heads over to the Africa game. I know Dennis Jr. and Harrison Barnes are going. Yes, Dirk is not going to be in the African game. By the way, that is that is uh, confirmed. I boo. got the roster sent to us recently, so gotcha. But that's it's going to be a fun game. That's on Saturday. So like this this coming Saturday, August fourth. Go to Maps Moneyball and check out the times and stuff like that. But was it? I don't remember. This is, I mean, so random. But last year, was it? Didn't we go to like a Fuzzy's Tacos and wasn't it on? I think that was with you. I think we went. Wow, that's true. Yeah, we didn't go to like watch it, but it was on while we were there. <laughs> yeah, that would be like a weird move just to go to <laughs> Fuzzy's just to watch the game. Shout out to Fuzzy's Tacos, sponsor yeah. the pod. All right, when we come back, we have another free agency question, and then a big question that I think will take us a long time. If you could change one thing about the Mavs history, what would it be? Whoop, whoop. When we come back. All right, Isaac, this is another question from one of our listeners. Uh, Wait, who are you talking to? Uh, did I say Isaac again? Yeah. When, okay. I, when I, I, I that is in... actually, it is such a good, it's such a big compliment. I mean, Isaac Harris is the man. So I am, <laughs> that is, I mean, he, I would, I, I am taking that in the highest regard. Okay, Except. so we did – you and I probably did 50 Seeing Stars episodes, right? Yeah, about. I think we did 50 or 52 or something like that. Isaac and I have already done 300 episodes of Locked On. Oh, my God. <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Okay, so you guys are much closer than we already are. But you know what? And tell, tell, when Isaac gets back, tell him who's, who's in whose wedding. Yeah, um, man. So I was I was filling in for Locked On NBA the other day, and I I ended the podcast by saying thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. I just didn't even I wasn't even thinking. It just came out, and somebody tweeted me, and I was like, "Did I really?" Like I had no memory of saying that. And then even somebody defended me and was like, "No, I don't think he said that." I listened, and then they went back and were like, "Oh my gosh, you're right." You definitely did. That's so funny. <laughs> oh, man. It's just a reflex. You just do it so much and so often. Makes sense. Uh, but Eric Bowen comes in and says, what are the chances of the Mavericks still getting Pat McCaw? Uh, what do you think about Pat McCaw as a free agent, just as a prospect? The Warriors guard wing guy that played some played some time in the finals, not last year, but the year before, and uh, is now kind of still out there. Uh, doesn't it? Honestly, there's not much space on this roster for him. I mean, I I like him, the player. Like he's still young enough to have some potential in that tank. But I think before the Devin Harris deal happened, I mean, I think there was still you know some intrigue there. But as of right now, I don't know how much sense it would make. Yeah, I, I would also put David Nwaba in this too. People, yeah, have been, people yeah, have been talking about him in the same light. Sure, but uh, with 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 Pat McCaw specifically, I think if you, if the Mavericks were to bring him in, which would put them at like sixteen players that you think would make the roster, uh, and they could they could send you know Ray Balding to that that second two way spot pretty easily. But if you bring in Pat McCaw, then obviously then all of a sudden like Dorian Finney Smith and Ryan Brokoff are like kind of out of oh, luck oh man like man I like, do, I, do those guys you know how much playing time do they get if you bring in pat mccaw if like they invest in pat mccaw because you'd think that I, they would invest in him to play him you know 
I, I gotta be honest with you. Like I have, I have seen, I've merely only seen Ryan Brokoff tape on YouTube, and that's all <laughs> I've watched. But I am, I am such a rowdy fan already. Like I am, like I don't know what it is about, like the guy who is kind of looks kind of nerdy off the court and probably doesn't really belong in an NBA game and may very well not belong. But he, there's something about him that is really endearing. And so I want him <laughs> to make this team. I think he will. I, I don't think that they would, you know, bring him in and give him the, the guaranteed contract and everything to not, you know, to not, uh, to not make, like, put him on the roster. I think he's going to definitely replace what Doug McDermott brought for this team. Really? Okay. He I mean, shot like fifty percent from three. He's a legit shooter. I mean, he's a legit shooter. So I mean, if nothing else, he comes in and brings that to the table. Heck yeah, I'm so in. Definitely. But the chances at at a guy like Pat McCarr, David Nwaba, I would say are pretty low. Uh, I would. Too. I think the I, Mavericks still have that. They still have that room exception that uh or that. Yeah, they have still have the room exception, which I think is four point four million. I'm pretty sure they still have that since they went over the cap to sign. You know what? I don't think they are over the cap right now. It's so hard to tell right now. We've said this over and over again, but it's just so hard to keep track of the exact numbers and to figure out what order they're trying to do things in because a lot of things are just reports still. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that up to you. I don't even remember what I had for lunch today. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so that's what I say about chances at at Pat McCaw and David Nwaba. All right, the final question of this two-parter. Heck yeah. If you could change one thing about Mavs history, what would it be? So this could be the Tyson Chandler thing. This could be the, um, you know, uh, what else? Could we, oh, this could be the DeAndre Jordan thing the first time. This could be, you know, a whole bunch of different things. This could be drafting Giannis. This could be a whole bunch of things. Oh, what would gosh. you change about Mavs history? One thing, you can go back and make a different decision. Oh man, it's a tough. That's one. difficult. I think I think I'm in between two things, but I don't. I, I think the first one, like as bad as it hurt, I don't know if I would go back and change it. So if there was some way that, if I, I mean, it's not even a decision. It, does it have to be strictly decision or just something that happened? No, just something. That, okay, so I mean, the 2006 finals were such a freaking shot to the chest. And I was, so I was there, I was in AAC for game six when the heat won on our floor and I had to watch Dwayne Wade and old man Gary Payton and Shaq and freaking Udonis Haslam just all celebrate on the floor. And it hurt. And I was like, man, this was our shot. How are we going to get back to the finals? But that was so, it was like, that that's what made 2011 so much sweeter. Like experiencing that firsthand in 2006, and then getting to experience in 2011, what was so great? I mean, I was that was awesome. I I guess if I had to make one more decision, just a different decision. Uh, I mean, since hindsight's 2020, you have to, you have to draft Giannis. You have to. I know. Like, that just it changes things, and if Giannis is here, you probably—I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. doesn't happen, Luca doesn't happen, but you know what? I mean, if the team, Giannis was a, the team Giannis would definitely be more, you know, better put together than what they have in Milwaukee right now. Yeah, I think so too. 
I think so too. But yeah, if if I could go back, I think that's the that's the decision I make. Like this is a guy who is I mean, he is an absolute athletic freak. And like I saw him in that picture today of the brothers working out. He's like he's jacked. Like it's it's kind of ridiculous. He's so different than when he first came in. I mean, he's he's, he's still got to work on a like consistent jump shot, but yeah, that's I don't know. He's he's ridiculous. So I think that would probably be the move that I would make differently. So I got this question from Reddit, and a couple of things that they suggest: um, not trading for Rondo. Oh, good one, good one. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, would you go back and change that, or do you think that you know at this point it happened? And uh, it doesn't. It doesn't bother me that bad. I mean, I don't think either way. It was like really i don't think it really like moved the needle either way for me yeah like it wouldn't change the the way the franchise was going really no no i mean that's that's what's so interesting about the Giannis move like if you were to go back and change that like that would drastically alter the franchise like the course of it so yeah i don't i don't know i don't know i don't i don't think i would do i don't think i would do the rondo deal really any differently because when you have a chance to trade you know potentially for a you know a floor general and somebody who is as well renowned as just kind of a floor spacer and a passer as rondo was you know i think you kind of make that move if you want to take it in the baseball terms i know it ended much differently but that ian kinsler prince fielder move and i know we're going in a different different direction there but I would make that move a bit, move again, still knowing that Prince Fielder was going to get hurt and his career was to end because you jump at the potential of something when you have the opportunity to. Mm. Yeah, it is a risk that's kind of worth taking, and you you knew what you were getting. You know, you knew it could end up bad. <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally, totally, and it did. So uh, the other one that I thought was really interesting, and we'll end with this: uh, keeping Steve Nash. Ooh, man, 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 man. There was a lot of, man, there was a lot of ugly, kind of bad blood around there, especially when I heard, I mean, just kind of the the Luca connection there with the same agent and the Rondo agent as well. Like, it's, oh, man, I really would have liked for Nash's MVP years to be here in Dallas. Like, I think, where do you think that Nash is remembered most fondly across the NBA. Do you think it's in Phoenix? Oh, for sure. He won the he won the two MVPs, almost three, you know, yeah. and uh, went as far as he ever got in the playoffs and, you know, to the Western Conference Finals and had the, the seven seconds or less teams, which will always be remembered. And, you know, that's definitely where he's going to get remembered. I, I, most... people, I think people forget that he was with the Mavericks at all. Also, the, the <laughs> outside of Dallas. Per- the most forgotten Maverick on that seven seconds or less team is Tim Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. And Joe Johnson. I feel like people forget that, that like Joe Johnson was a legit, you know, all multi-time yeah. all-star that was on that team. Quentin Richardson was on that team too. Yeah. Q was on that team. Barbosa. 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 Uh, let's see. I'm trying Kurt to Thomas. <laughs> was Boris Dio on that team or no? I think he was on some of the teams. I don't Raja know. Rajon Bell. On- Yes, the Kobe stopper, the so-called Kobe stopper. 
He's so annoying. Oh my gosh, he's so <laughs> annoying looking. I would not be friends with him. But the the Nash one is so fascinating. And I wasn't there, at, you know, I wasn't in Dallas at the time. I was, I don't know, what was I in like elementary school <laughs> when this happened? So I don't have the full context of everything that was going on at that time. But the team got six wins better, you know, when Nash was gone. So you wonder if like they took that leap. And if Nash was there, could they have even take a bigger leap at that point? Like I... <sighs> I don't know. I don't have the I, I, I don't wonder, have the right context for it, but do you wonder if Dirk could answer that question differently? Do you think it would have been Nash just with the personal relationship that that they would have had? Mm. No. Yeah, I wonder. I'm sure Dirk's been asked this question. I'd have to find it somewhere. If if somebody's seen Dirk answer this question about keeping Steve Nash, send it to me because I'm very interested. Yeah, but yeah, that'd be cool. You just wonder what could have happened. They that team was just so ahead of its time. <laughs> you know, if you think about you know Don Nelson coaching that team and wanting to do the things with, with, I mean, can you imagine a team now with prime Nash and Dirk? Oh my gosh. It'd be so, it'd be incredibly good. Oh, cause man, like, it's so much fun. And I mean, and Finley as well. Like, Finley yeah, was, seriously. I mean, talk about the big three. Like that is, cause you think about the, the warriors now, I mean, the warriors now is, is fairly comparable to like what <laughs> that team was. You have your, uh, your seven foot shooter, you know, and Dirk and Durant, those two guys, I feel like are, are comparable in the sense that you just can't stop them yeah. with, with their go-to moves. You know, like obviously they're completely different players in, in, in some senses, but in, as far as scoring and unstoppability, Dirk in his prime, you know, hitting that, you know, hitting his patented, you know, one leg fadeaway or the turnarounds or just, you know, just going to work. He could not be stopped. And then you have Nash and Steph Curry that are, crazy in their own ways obviously with the both of them with two mvps to their you know very interesting wonder you wonder what could have been if the if it would have just been a little bit later the rules would have been a little different you know so before we let you go and totally on a like unrelated note to the mavericks but on a related note to steve nash and steph curry (laughs) what did you think about trey young coming out and saying at the end of the summer league Ooh, I'm actually trying to be more like Steve Nash than I am Steph Curry. He's really trying to push the Steph Curry away. He's trying to push that Steph Curry thing away so much because he just he gets compared to him all the time. And he's honestly closer to Steph Curry than he is to Steve Nash. Like he's just such yeah. a he's such a gunner. <laughs> you know, he he's a guy that shoots from from way out and Steve Nash never would have would have, you know, shot like that. <laughs> People if always wanted Steve Nash to shoot more. If I'm the Atlanta Hawks or the Atlanta, an Atlanta Hawk fan, I am still not sold on the fact that you're telling me that I traded Luka Doncic away for Trey Young. For Trey Young and probably a between the ninth and the thirteenth pick. Yeah, no, thank you. I'm okay. I'm really okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that was this is it's going to be the probably the biggest trade, maybe the second biggest trade in Mavericks history. What do you think the first is? Biggest trade? Yeah, biggest trade in Mavericks history. Oh, I mean, it's got it has to be draft day trade of tractor trailer for Dirk. Mm. I mean, I know that's I know that's cop out, but like, that's the biggest you, one. Yeah, absolutely is. I mean, if you're talking about just the franchise history, like you're you traded for your your best player and a arguably top ten player of all time in the NBA. Like the, yes, that is that's the top move. I if you have a different one, I'd love to know. No, that was the one I was thinking of. Okay, I was about to say because it, it almost sounded like, no, I got a different one. 
Nope, that was it. That was it. Okay. That was it for that, and that's it for us on Locked On Maps. Guys, thanks so much for joining me and Josh for another episode of Locked On Maps, and thanks so much for listening. Peace out. Boom. See ya. Boom. Boom.